This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Happy New Year to all of you. And you should celebrate the new year by subscribing and supporting the show. As is tradition, wow. I assume. How was your how was your new year? Did you, oh, did you have all the parties? Oh my God. It was crazy. Um, my husband and I split a bottle of wine and some of a bottle of champagne. It was nuts. We did make it to midnight. Did you make it to midnight? I did. did. I can't speak for everyone else, but we did a bunch of jigsaw puzzles and split non-alcoholic pina coladas. So (laughs) that's what happens when you have three-year-olds in the house. So your youngest one's three already? Uh, I assume. I don't know. That's what I've heard. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we just stayed in. We did not. What did, I think we watched a movie last night. Unclear yeah. what it was. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Man, Disney Plus is a lifesaver. That's not mm. a commercial. They're not a sponsor. That's me saying we've watched that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> so many movies. <laughs> Can I tell you a dumb like, story? Not the new ones, but the ones from like the 40s, like the Cinderella Snow White stuff. I'm like, I don't know why that's the thing that captivates them, oh. but all right. Big fans of Song of the South, are they? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I love to, you know, at night after Mikey goes to bed, I'll take an edible and like watch a bad movie, and I find it extraordinarily real. <laughs> extraordinarily react relaxing i didn't take one before i recorded this i just haven't spoken um and the other so i watched a bunch of stuff that i was like actually i kind of enjoy this or like i'm gonna watch this again with friends i decided to watch greatest showman because it felt so far up my alley hugh jackman barton bailey i didn't see it at first i love a musical didn't see it at first because um P.T. Barnum was a fucking monster and I didn't feel like I needed to sort of support his sort of like re uh, rebranding as it were. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I want colors. I want dancing. I want wigs. All of this is going to be mine when I see The Greatest Showman. I got 40 minutes into that thing and tapped the fuck out. I don't know why, but it was so aggressively bad in a way I wasn't emotionally prepared for. Like, I want to watch it again with friends. It just wasn't like a suit. Like, I watch like, not not always bad movies. Like, I'll it's watch a little bad movie you want to discuss like, with people. Right, exactly. Like, I'll, have, like, I'll just watch things that are just engrossing, kind of. Yeah. Um, this did not do that. That was last night. I don't know why I told that story. I think we watched Horse Girl last night or something else. I'm still into my dream logic kind of movies. Oh. Um, but yeah, so, oh, I went to Hemant's house for the first time. And by that, I mean, I stood at his front door, dropped off a bottle of wine and, and picked up some cards. You you have a lovely little neighborhood. Oh, thank you. Yes. It's fun to walk when it's not cold. Yeah. And it's right by a restaurant. I really like that. There you go. I will strong arm you into going with me in the aftertimes. That sounds good. Let's, let's start this one uh with this story because it kind of made me laugh and then it made me sad as does all as do all stories. <laughs> um there's a there's a conservative publication called the washington times where they're trying to it's one of those publications that it's not breitbart they try to confuse you by making it sound legit yeah and every now and then they'll get a scoop that's legitimate they're mm-hmm. the ones who had Jerry Falwell Jr. saying something like, there are stories about me that are not true, that are coming out soon. <laughs> and we're like, why are you telling the Washington Times that, like, it's all lies? 
it's like, what is about to come out? What are you trying yeah. to get ahead of? Then the next day, the pool boy spoke out in a Reuters article. Uh. It's like, okay, every now and then they'll publish stuff like that. So anyway, they have a writer. Uh, uh, Cheryl Chumley is her name. She's written a lot of typical right-wing pieces, anti-atheist type of pieces. She said... Christians who oppose Christian nationalism are basically being unchristian. Mm-hmm. She has said we should tear down satanic monuments, like from the satanic temple. Sure. And those monuments don't exist. They're hypothetical. Like, I don't know what you want to tear down. <laughs> but the one that got me uh, laughing slash crying was she's trashing Fauci. And basically, here's the idea. There, there was an article that came out this week that Marco Rubio, Senator uh, Marco Rubio, wrote that basically uh, says Anthony Fauci lied to the American people. And what he's best case, like if I give him the benefit of the doubt, what is he trying to say? Uh, Fauci was trying to explain what percent of a, percentage of Americans need to get immunized in order for herd immunity to kick in and the virus can't really spread as much. And I think he said the number, I'm paraphrasing here, the number was like 70% of Americans need to get immunized. That is a doable number. We can do that. In his head, I think he actually knew the number was higher. It needs to be more like 80 or 90. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But if if we think it's 90%, when the percentage of people who say they're going to take the vaccine is like 50, it's not helping because it just seems insurmountable. So he was hoping, you know what, I think it's going to go up, the number of people willing to take the vaccine, uh-huh. and people get it, and we're safer. The anti-vaxxers will kind of disappear. So he kind of like said 70, and then later on when he felt more comfortable giving a higher number, he gave a higher number. Did that impact American policy on any of this? No. Yeah. This is all about communication and rhetoric. And look, if you want to criticize him for that, criticize him for that. But here's what Chumley says in her article. She says he lied... And he should be like, how dare someone in the government lie? <laughs> and then not only does she ignore all the lies coming from Trump and the administration, mm-hmm. here's what she says about why would Anthony Fauci lie to us? She writes, well, more than all these other reasons she gives, he's a humanist, meaning he takes his moral compass from his own mind. He has little to no concern with the stuff of higher authority, the constraints that come from fears of heavenly accountability. She goes on to say, mm-hmm. he's unelected. He's largely unaccountable to the people. He's atheist, which speaks volumes about his character, his moral compass. Is and his, well, and his understanding of American exceptionalism and basic founding and constitutional principles. So basically, he's lying because he's an atheist and nothing holds him back, which we'll get to his beliefs in a second. But also this administration is surrounded by conservative Christians and they've spent four years lying about stupid everything. Right. So he ignores all of that, first of all. In terms of what does Fauci believe? Because he did grow up Catholic and he went to like Catholic schools. He said he had a Jesuit education that helped. No, I don't need a pop-up ad, you asshole. (laughs) Um, A a Jesuit education that helped develop, quote, the principles that I run my life by. Sure. And he said in a 2015 interview before he kind of (laughs) went, he said in a 2015 interview that uh, he's 
no longer Catholic. That's not how he describes himself. He Join said, club, baby. I know he said he's a lowercase H humanist. He said, I have faith in the goodness of mankind. Didn't talk about atheism. Didn't talk about God or anything. Just saying like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really not Catholic. That's not really who I am anymore. Yeah. I'd call myself a humanist. That's kind of all she's working off of to say, see, no more uh-huh. compass. Busted. Way, Gallup just did a poll this week. They do it every year. Who's the most admired men and women in America? And it was news this year because Donald Trump was number one on the list with like under 20% of the vote. And it's always been one of these popularity contests more than anything. Like, who's the most famous person you could think of? Mm-hmm. That's probably who's going to be most admired. It was Obama for many years. Uh, it was also Obama for the past few years. And now it's <laughs> Trump, mostly because everyone else split the votes. <laughs> right. So if, you're, so if you think 40% of Republicans like Trump, well, about half of them thought they admire him too, or something like that. So take that survey as you will. Fauci was like three or four on the list. So saying like, look, even on a popularity contest, he's doing all right more than most people. Um, but I, one thing I want to point out, American atheist president Nick Fish tweeted this out, and I thought it's worth mentioning. Try to imagine the outcry if someone on the New York Times opinion page wrote a foaming at the mouth diatribe about how you couldn't trust someone because they were Jewish or mm-hmm. Catholic or Baptist. But because Fauci is a humanist, it's yep. fair game for the Washington Times, mm-hmm. which I think is a good point to bring up. Like, don't let them get away with this slander of saying, well, he says he's a humanist, therefore he's immoral and a liar. Like that's it's not it's not just wrong. It's just not an okay thing to say. It's not okay to stereotype any group that way. Um unless they're <laughs> fill in the blank with your choice right there. But you know what I mean? Like that's the point. It, it is frustrating and it's just a really obvious double standard that it, it, like it it barely feels worth pointing out because we're all so aware of it. Yeah. And she didn't mention any real substance, I should say, to use against him. So she's just like, well, he tried to massage a message that -hmm. he was trying to get out there. Like, that's her example of the worst liar, immoral ever person. By the way, I want to point out Fauci's boss is Dr. Francis Collins, the head of the National Institutes of Health, who is famously evangelical Christian. He has no problem with Fauci. You would think that would carry some weight with the evangelical crowd. Apparently not. <laughs> oh my God, like what? I, I, what is about to happen, and we're already witnessing it somewhat. Is a lot of people are going to like go pretty fucking blank about the, these past four years, and like pretend they have tabula rasa to yeah. start again with whatever. And like, if this is the kind of shit they're gonna sling around, oh, like. Oh, he's not my religion, so he's bad at science. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to be able to stick with that, if I'm being honest. That does not feel like a sustainable disagreement with how the government runs in an increasingly multicultural and multireligious and non-religious country. It's, and it's it, the Washington Times. They're not trying to convince yeah, anyone other uh, than their own readers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is the Washington Times. Yes, your aunt posted it thinking that it was the Washington Post, so it was incredible. <laughs> just, just send her a link, okay? Right. 
Let's talk about uh, New Year's Eve parties. Uh, Sean Foyt, our super Christian, super spreader preacher, goes around the country holding these concerts. So he was planning a two-day extravaganza in Los Angeles, not just in Los Angeles, but where two giant communities of homeless people live, Skid Row of Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. uh, as they put it. He wanted to go there to host a concert. And like... The question is, is there a legal justification to turn them away? I'm not sure that there is if you call it a protest or you call it a prayer service or whatever. So here's what I found interesting, because this is what he's been doing everywhere. He goes into cities. He holds a concert. Everyone comes. They don't wear masks. They don't distance. Mm -hmm. These are all super spreader events. And he's gone before you can really figure do any contact tracing or anything. Um. So he was going to go to Los Angeles and do all this stuff. But this is how some people fought back for once where they're like, we have enough notification that he's coming to Los Angeles. They had a month of knowing he was going to try to do this. Do you remember when Westboro Baptist Church would go to soldiers funerals and all of that and hold up their signs and basically hijack a funeral to spread Mm -hmm. their own message? Mm -hmm. Well, every now and then you would see like a group of, like a motorcycle gang of sorts. Yeah. Say, you know what? We're fighting back. We're going to form a barrier around the funeral because mm-hmm. they can't get past us. We're going to let you have your service in, in honor of whoever just uh, passed. And we're going to keep out the bad people. And it's always, it always made for interesting news stories. Well, this time there was a car caravan that was created to get in the way of the protest how successful was it? I don't know, but they called it the resistance blockade against biological warfare. And there was like a Christian Christian community participated in this. A local community action network participated uh-huh. in this, forming a circle of cars around the event so that people can't crowd around and hurt the homeless community, mm-hmm. which... I love as a matter of protest. It's like, well, if you can gather, so can we. We're doing it safely. You're not. Right. Uh, I, it, at the very least, it disrupted whatever plans he was trying to do. I don't. I haven't seen a lot of whether he was able to get anything done, but it at least got in the way of it, which is important. And now the question is, what he's going to do now? They have another one of those like stop the steal events next week in Washington D.C. I don't know if he's part of that one. But I am kind of curious how long he's going to keep up these super spreader concerts now that Trump is leaving, now that uh, the vaccine is out. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what the future looks like for for Trumpers and for people of that ilk who are so sure that the government is just out to get them personally or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to be hearing about this. Oh my God, this election for the rest, like literally the rest of our lives. (laughs) I think we can all prepare for that. Well, yeah, Trumpism is going to affect all the future elections as well. And depending on how the Georgia ones go, I'm sure he'll find a way to try to get in the way of that if it doesn't go the way the Trump people want it to go. Yeah, it's going to be a big fucking mess. Here's some happier news. Liberty University, where happy news doesn't usually emanate, 400 students who are current students at Liberty or alums of Liberty are, have signed a petition, an open petition where they're asking for Liberty university now without Jerry Falwell jr. To get rid of the Falkirk center, 
which is the right wing quote unquote think tank that he set up last really? year. Falwell and Charlie Kirk, they're both conservatives, they're both Trump cultists. They set it up last year saying this is a think tank. Uh-huh. And really all they've done is post like own the lib type memes online. Yeah, well, um, I like, could feel those too. I could tell when they put those up. It really <laughs> hurt me. Like usually if there's a think tank, they're putting out white papers, they're making mm-hmm. policy arguments, they're pushing for their positions and making academic arguments for their it. position being owning the libs. Yeah. The, the Falkirk Center hasn't done anything other than provide a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, Politico posted about this like a week or two ago. It's basically allowed them to funnel money into ads for Republican candidates. Oh, that's convenient for them. Uh, through Liberty University. And the students, here's what, what I found interesting. Because when Falwell was around, very few students, relatively speaking, would push back against mm-hmm. the schools, uh, how they function. Mm-hmm. Here's what the petition says. The Falkirk Center constantly preaches the message that the church needs to defend Donald Trump at all costs and rescue Western civilization. Oh. And they say that's wrong because associating any politician or political movement with Christianity bastardizes the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, and they also said we're tarnished by an association with the center that is trying to undo Liberty's mission. Basically saying we're here because we want to go to a Christian college, not a Republican breeding ground. Sure. And if those overlap, so be it. But like the think tank does not pretend to have any academic ties. Are there any famously liberal Christian universities? And I'm not talking like DePaul or Loyola, which are technically Catholic universities, but not right. necessarily so in practice. I believe there are a number of Christian schools that do not push a Republican agenda mm-hmm. and are yeah, I guess open- but centrist, not yeah. horrible. There, there are schools where liberal groups, I'm trying to think of specific names. Like I know I've heard of them. That's why I, I don't have specifics, but like yeah, they don't have a, yeah, right. They don't have policies that are explicitly Republican. Like at Liberty, they censor the newspaper when right. Falwell was around. You can't push. Just like can't Jesus write, did. Yes, you can't publish articles that are even not uh, not subjective. These are objective articles about things that are going on that mm-hmm. might speak well of progressive Christians. Mm-hmm. No, that was banned. They uh, forget the teaching for a second, but like well, the one thing I don't get about this petition is they're like your tar- the Falkirk Center is tarnishing our school's reputation. Like the school's reputation wasn't that good, no matter what you think. You think your school's reputation was? I mean, yeah, we only talk shit about them on this program. Maybe they have like a really dynamite lady swimming team. They actually have two. uh, First of all, they have a dynamic like debate mock trial team. Do they? They really do. And Falwell was instrumental in trying to get them really good athletically, knowing that like, hey, for some schools, if you have a good sports team it actually draws in donors and money and students who are graduates so fucking broken <laughs> yeah um so Falwell, they have a ncaa basketball team that made it to like they were in march madness they won games in march madness for a couple of years their football team just had an upset last week like they have teams but what happened this year as Falwell scandals kept happening is a lot of their star athletic students who came there cuz you get a scholarship and you get to play the sport that you want to go to mm-hmm. and it's like oh it's a christian school whatever i'm christian so what they didn't necessarily realize what type of school they were going to mm-hmm. and then they're like oh shit what is Falwell what is he saying <laughs> a number 
a number of black students have left the school saying like, we're not putting up with this racist stuff. And so like Falwell's athletic attempt to break the mold, that's falling apart too. I don't, I mean, too bad for them, whatever. But yeah, the idea that Liberty had a reputation outside of the Falkirk Center is laughable. But hey, it, you know, we always say we need students and professors at the school to say this stuff, not us. And here they are saying that stuff. So I, give them credit for doing that. Sure. I mean, I don't, I, I know there are some people that are like, they shouldn't go there at all. They should leave the school. And Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's that easy. I don't know where, who's paying for their school. If their parents are paying, they don't necessarily have a choice. Sometimes with a lot of these schools, the kids are like, I'm going to get my education and then I'll pursue my own path. That is very far from Liberty standards. Right. Let me get like the degree and then I'll deal with the repercussions. So like, I find it hard to say of the students and maybe even the professors, like just leave. It's not yeah, that easy. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. saying you should, Oh, you don't like your job. Well, quit. Or you don't like America. Get out. Yeah. Ooh. Right. Like, they won't let me in anywhere else, sir. Yeah. <laughs> New Zealand wants nothing to do with yeah. us right now. So speaking of people calling out their own house, here's an interesting one from the Catholic church. Uh, George Botzing, who is the head of the German's Bishop Conference, not a nobody, a high-ranking German Catholic leader, Uh said this week that he wants the church to basically update its own rules on a lot of hot-button issues. So, for example, yeah, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says homosexual acts not being gay, but acting on it, is intrinsically immoral and contrary to the natural law. It says homosexual tendencies are objectively disordered. They've, they also uh, don't, uh, even the Pope Francis said this, he rejects the very idea that you can be transgender. Oh, so that cool. thing, yeah, so I mean, this is old. This has been around before. forever. Yeah, they don't exist. Um, Batsing this Did week. Did they write a lot about trans people when they're writing this shit down? Uh, Jesus think? very explicitly said, oh, nope. Cool. Yes, cool. he was. Cool. Him and J.K. Rowling, and that's it. And so <laughs> Batsing, Batsing said this week that these arguments, he said basically the church needs to modernize their stance on all that stuff. Not only that, he said we should ordain women Uh, And let them become deacons and priests because that would open the door to a new generation of Catholic leaders. He said, I'm quoting here, I must honestly say that I am aware that these arguments are becoming less and less convincing to keep the catechism as is. And that there are well-developed arguments in theology in favor of opening up the sacramental ministry to women as well. And uh, now... How, do, how does he think the church should change its position on LGBTQ issues? He did not specify. Okay. He just said, like, we need to do better on it because what we have right now is not helping. Not working. Yeah. It's not working. And he's arguing that there are good theological arguments for why we shouldn't say the things we are currently saying. Now. And is he doing this out of concern of the well-being of our LGBTQ friends and family members, or is he doing it because attendance in the Catholic Church is down? Yeah, I, I would argue it's probably the latter. I mean, this is a constant concern for the church, not even attendance so much, but they're having a hard time finding priests. Because, yeah. like, guess what? Not every person wants to sign up for forced celibacy 
and all that. And, but you know, homophobia. <laughs> and homophobia. But like, there are a lot of gay guys who are who are out and want to be in relationships and want to be married. I'm sorry. I let me go back for a second. There are a lot of men who are straight and want to have their families who want to be priests. They cannot. There are a lot of gay men who want to be priests. But, like, they also want to have relationships, too. They cannot. There are tons of women who want to do it. They cannot. So, like, the well, church is blocking the out all these people. Yeah, essentially and- the Catholic Church is just saying, you know, it's us or nothing else. Like, you get to have a family, do whatever you want, or you be a Catholic priest. You do not get to do both things. I've written about this. We've talked about him. On Fox News for many years, there was a guy, uh, Jonathan Morris, who was, like, their resident Catholic uh, who always came on with his like collar and spoke about whatever cultural issue or political issue they wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, like a year or two ago, he basically announced I'm leaving the church. Um, I fell in love and I want to get married and have a family. And he did. And I think he has a baby now. And like, all right, I don't like anything the guy said, but good for him. And that sounds like left, a romance novel I've read. Right? He left Fox News after that, too, because he's no longer the Catholic priest. He's just like a right-wing bigot who wants a family. So, all right. <laughs> but like, he, left. he wants to breed more bigots. Yeah. he And also, like, I think there was an issue in Brazil where they have, like, no priests. Uh, like, But they could if you allow married guys to do it. And they were asking the Pope to make an exception to the rule. Um, and so like every now and then they'll be like, well, we need, it's more important to bend our rules or break them entirely because there's a bigger issue here. We can't have a church unless we have leaders of the church. Um, and so here in this case, this guy who is not a nobody is saying, yeah, we should change what we do, especially with women and also with LGBT issues somehow, um, it won't happen. It's not going to happen overnight, but nothing will change unless like one of two things happen. The people who are leaders in the church speak out against it, which is what this guy is doing. So good for him or people who are Catholics and practicing Catholics and who give the church money and prop it up, say, you know what? We're walking out. And I mean, yeah, I want to do that, that too. I don't think it's a harder sell. You're seeing less than, yeah, you're seeing some, people leaving the catholic church but not enough to make them say all right fine we'll change the way we act or do things so this is not nothing i don't want to like pretend what he says just because it we know it won't have any direct impact anytime soon Mm -hmm. i don't want to give him no credit because like i want people speaking out it would help if he was a little more specific about what they needed to do instead of saying it's not great like tell us what you want yeah um I don't know. I I know I bring this up a lot, but like, you know, when they, when the Catholic church went away from Latin back in Mm -hmm. Vatican two in the seventies, I think it was seventies. That sounds right. I just, I mean, obviously there, there isn't no chance that they change their mind on something like this. It's just a question of like, why, why, what is their motivation? If their motivation is to boost their membership, this feels like a solid way to do it. If they're genuinely running out of people who want to be priests, <laughs> that feels like a pretty yeah. strong emergency, you know? I mean, if if enough people start leaving Catholicism, they'll right. have to make some sort of change. It's happened in the past. So, yeah. yeah, it's not out of the question. But they, again, even if this pope of all popes 
isn't really making any headway on these changes. Like it's hard to imagine another Benedict type of pope yes, yeah. is going to do it anytime soon. Like not to not to pin too many badges onto him, but like obviously our current pope is heads and shoulders more liberal than most people who came before him. But he is not. I doubt he's going to touch that. And I don't know right. who we foresee in the future of somehow like. <laughs> suddenly being like this really progressive person who's also in the Catholic church at a high, you know, a cardinal. Right. Right. And Uh, that's, yeah, far cry. It's not going to happen anytime soon. So, but whatever, good, good. More people need to speak out. More people in his position need to, this is a COVID story that I almost, I felt bad about laughing. This is going back to the, I feel bad that I laugh at this stuff because I oh, shouldn't okay. be. I know it makes me a bad person. And yet. Well, this um, isn't the reason you're a bad person. You're a bad person. No, that's exactly right. Um, Martha's Vineyard, very posh island area where a lot of rich people, politicians uh, go have their summer homes off of Massachusetts. It's like where rich white people hang out. I yes. I've never um, <laughs> yes. And so there was a COVID outbreak there. And a local newspaper that covers Martha's Vineyard uh, wrote about this. And part of it was because it happened, the COVID cluster broke out of a Bible study that takes place on the island. And it turns out one of the guys who contributes to the newspaper is a member of the Bible study. So they had an in. And so that was interesting. And so here's what they said. Study guys, I guess. Hey, whatever works. So the article says that According to the contributor, his name is Jim Osborne, this guy who goes to the Bible study and contributes to the uh, to the Martha's Vineyard Times and was in the study group. He said a lot of us, uh, we the guy who runs the Bible study didn't wear a mask. They did it outdoors and they did it like with some distancing outdoors. So they figured we're fine. But he said, I'm reading from the article, Reverend Dan Davey never wore a mask, Osborne said. He sort of gave us the impression that because it was a Bible study, we were under God's protection during the Bible study. And that didn't work, you're saying. Didn't work. And I guess we all made that same false assumption. Um, I should say. Like, genuinely, what fucking idiots. I'm so sorry. Like, normally this is not a thing. I don't like to dog on people just for being religious until they start doing shit that affects others, but you fucking morons, you thought God was going to protect you. Priests and pastors have died of COVID. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yep. The and vaccine is here. Be patient, idiots. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> reverend, they did reach out to the reverend for comment on this. And Davey said, I'm quoting from the newspaper. He denied telling Bible study group attendees that God would protect them. I don't recall ever saying God's going to protect you. Don't worry about it. Davy said, but I live, but I live my life, frankly, that God's going to take care of me. Regardless. There were a lot of viruses before COVID-19 came along and more to come. He's telling a reporter, like I didn't say that, but it's not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think he actually suggested to the Bible study members like God will take care of you. Don't worry. Masks optional. Something like that. You know what I mean? Honestly, if I had to wager a guess, I would say he didn't say anything. I bet he just showed up with no mask and people tend to do what they 
you know, people mimic others. There's a reason social pressure is so important. Nobody wants to be the only person in the room wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. So if our leader, if the guy who's guiding us comes in, takes off his mask, oh, we're outside, I'm sure we'll be safe. There's a man spitting toward me, but that, <laughs> that, nobody's proven spit to cause COVID. Like, no, it's, no. I, I honestly do not doubt that he did not say that straight up and down to his congregation. I just think that he didn't care. And so neither do they. Yeah. Uh, I kept reading the article and he also went, this is the Reverend again. He kept talking because they love to talk. And here's <laughs> what he also said. Contact. Who love to talk. Aren't all bad. Okay. Some of us are just trying <laughs> oh, to get through life. I should point out what, when I say there's an outbreak, what that means is 11 people have tested positive for COVID five of whom were members of that Bible study. The other six being their family members or people living in their houses for the oh, summer or whatever. On fucking say. Um, that Reverend kept talking and he said, contact tracing is a quote, inexact science. He also said masks are all about personal freedom and their efficacy is suspect because, quote, the science on mask wearing is very inexact. Do you believe in science or do you not? You yeah. do not get to do that. And then he mentioned the flu. Mikey just caught me clap yelling and he's making yes. fun of me now. <laughs> That's fair, baby. You should have made fun of me. I will oh, say. I'm recording me, he said. <laughs> I know of Martha's Vineyard, but when I was looking up this story, I got on like a Google map frenzy and I'm like, oh, this looks nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I should visit. That sounds fun. Who do I know who's rich? I've never like besides Florida and South Carolina, I've never been to like an East Coast beach. I understand there's giant sharks that hunt people there, but that's really all I know. Is it Martha's Vineyard where Jaws takes place, baby? It takes place in the fictional Amity Island. In the fictional Amity Island, he says. There you um, go. Okay. Party. Are you done with that guy? Sure, well, yes. Genuinely is very infuriating. You do not get to, like, pick and choose which scientists you believe. Like, it's a scientific consensus. Do you want to talk about a 12th century archbishop? That's all I do this year. 2021 is the year of ancient bishops. <laughs> okay, to start, uh, I got all of this information from a friend of mine, Dr. Sarah Ift Decker, who is a um, fuck medieval medievalologist. Mid medievalologist. <laughs> She's smarter than me. Okay. Um, she. Before I go, she helped me with this, so I want to plug her podcast. It's called. Me Pod, it, you can't talk while I'm doing the podcast, Michael. Uh, Media Evil, a medieval culture podcast. I was on it a couple months ago if you need a jumping in point. But she's very smart. She's a professor. She's better than me in most ways. So <laughs> she suggested that we talk about this on the show. She's a listener. Hey, Sarah. Um, and so she sent me sort of like a thing, an explainer on what's going on with Thomas Beckett in current day. And then I made her explain to me who Thomas Beckett was. Like, <laughs> <child>. yes. <laughs> and the reason you bring this up. Uh, so yeah. So recently, I think I have the press release here somewhere. It was, they proclaimed the white house proclaimed the 800 made a proclamation on the 850th anniversary of the martyrdom of St. Thomas Beckett. Do you know anything about this man who is... I have heard of the name. I did not know his exact story. Thomas Beckett is a shockingly modern name for a 12th century saint. Okay. 
So this is, I'm honestly just going to read this and we can figure it out afterwards. So uh, Thomas Beckett was a close confidant of uh, King Henry II, who appointed him Archbishop of Canterbury in the hopes that he would do what he wanted. Instead, whether due to genuine change of heart or a desire for power or some combination, he began, he became a hardcore supporter of church liberty. Then Henry basically intensely hinted he'd murder, he'd like someone to murder him and they did. Okay. So, so Beckett died because he believed in the church he and religion, mm-hmm. and he really was a martyr. He was a martyr. And I want to make one thing abundantly clear. The guy who had him murdered was a king, which is a thing we do not currently have in the United States. Talk to me this time next year. Who fucking knows? Okay. So, so the guy who instituted like the Muslim ban is like religious liberty. Let's here. honor that. So the um, essentially this this um, press release from the White House on December twenty eighth um, basically is saying he is the first you know fighter for religious liberty. He didn't want you know he he was the one who kept the church under its own command instead of bowing to King Henry the second or third, whatever mm-hmm. I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently it's been 850 years since he was murdered, uh, martyred. Um, and so essentially that's what like the, the, the white house put out this press release, you know, tipping its hat to this centuries old martyr in a way being like in his name, we carry on his, you know, his plan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so apparently, it's not that fucking simple. Um, so I've got just like two quick paragraphs. I'm gonna I'm gonna burn through because we're gonna learn some fucking history from someone who's smarter than me and Hammett. So the problems start, and so she's just explaining why them like kind of bringing Beckett under under their religious freedom umbrella, the way the GOP imagines it today, versus what it was like actually in his day. Uh, understanding like the the nuances there. So the problem starts with a relatively simple identification of Beckett as, quote, a lion of religious liberty, because Beckett and other medieval clerics use the word use of the word liberty is fundamentally not what many Americans have in mind today. The relationship between church and kingdom in medieval Europe is fundamentally a competition over power, both spiritual power and what what we would consider secular power and both the king and bishop. So the, um, you know, the king, the emperor, whatever, the bishop or the pope or whomever, both lay claim to ultimate power and and closest to God. Um, the king wants to exercise jurisdiction over the church and to have control over who rises to important church offices. Bishops and popes act as secular rules of territories and want to keep things that way and seek and will seek to impose their will on kings. Both Henry II and Thomas Beckett marshaled religious rhetoric for their own ends. Neither would have thought seriously about the possibility of a political entity that was not fundamentally a Christian one. Just as Beckett is a poor icon for religious liberty, Henry II would be a poor icon for the separation of church and state. Both took for granted the idea that Jews, as practitioners of another faith, had a distinct and in many ways inferior legal status to Christians. Religious, quote-unquote, liberty was never about freedom of religion. It was about the institutional power accorded to those who argue, who were arguably the quintessential global bureaucrats, people associated with the church that present itself not only um, not as not only international, but universal. The constituents of Clarendon here described as an attempt to quote, encroach upon the affairs of the house of God. Um, 
and most importantly focus and most importantly focus on provisions attempting to restrict extraordinary clerical privileges any cleric had the right to be charged and tried by a church court for any crime including say murder this essentially meant a cleric could get away with murder since a royal court might um might execute him a church court would most likely at most strip him of office the constitution's um, attempted to create legal loopholes that would allow cl- the constitutions attempted to create legal loopholes that would allow clerics to face the same punishment for criminal behavior as the, as the English laity. Uh, finally, Becca has nothing to do with Magna Carta, which they talk about at length in this proclamation, um, which as it happens was annulled by the Pope. <laughs> so in short, like the guy they're marking as this martyr for religious freedom. Yeah. He doesn't actually care about religious freedom. It's mostly just let me have power. You won't let me have power. You're going to murder me for that. She, um, she summed it up nicely. I think I would put money on the fact that whoever is involved in this thinks or wants to think that the Magna Carta is basically the U S constitution. It is not as opposed to a document designed by and for elites, but that's a story from another time. Nice. I want to bring up one other. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I just sort of wanted to review it because when I read out loud, sometimes I don't comprehend. So essentially, this is this is like if Trump nominated had something to do with putting like, no, this is a terrible metaphor, but it's essentially the king wanted to put his buddy in power. So he so the king could rule both his kingdom and the and religious the yeah and the church. But as soon as he got as soon as Beckett rose to that, either he had a change of heart and realized what the king was asking him was not okay in whatever moral sense he's saying, or he was like, Hey, power fucking owns bones. Fuck you, king. Now I'm God. I don't think he said that. That's not a direct quote. Anyway, I just be. thought that was interesting. And just like a, a, a the reason I read that whole thing in a whole is it's such a good example of how we as a culture, specifically the right, the religious right, use these little like talking points or icon. You know, this guy was a saint. He was sainted by whomever. He was a martyr. Um, and they talk about them in ways that w- they want to say like, see, he's just like us. But really they're honoring, they're, whitewashing who this guy was. I mean, whether or not he would, I mean, he was technically a martyr either way, but he wasn't a champion of religious freedom. He was a champion of Thomas Beckett freedom. Right. Right. So, so it's the fact it's that not this- ironic that there is actually a right wing legal group called the Beckett fund. And just like all right wing religious legal groups, they're not really interested in protecting Jews and Muslims and atheists. It's yeah. just a Catholic or right wing Christian group. Yeah. It's just a very good example of them, like, pulling a name out of a hat, applying shading to it so it feels like what we're going through today. But if you take a step back, it's not the same. It's not even similar. Yeah. I'm not. I And I will promise you anything. Donald Trump has no idea who Beckett is or was. Do not get it twisted. He's <laughs> never heard of it. He doesn't even know what Canterbury is. Wanna... He hasn't read any of the tales. <laughs> I will say one of the things in his proclamation that stood out, because most of it, like I said, someone else wrote it. He just put his name on it, whatever. That's not new. That's That happens with other people, too. But one thing that was in this proclamation, I want to quote it, which was at the very end of this document, a society without religion cannot prosper. Oh. A nation without faith cannot endure because justice, goodness, and peace cannot prevail without the grace of God. That's not 
anything Beckett said, that's what Trump is saying in his proclamation. I'm just going to, I'm just doing a quick Google search. Has Sweden collapsed? Sweden has not collapsed. Many European countries are doing all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that our government is actually putting out a proclamation saying we need religion, like you can't do a religious liberty proclamation and <laughs> say, well, you atheist. Yeah. The, the irony is delicious. Like it's yeah. truly just a bunch of people who like they, do they know when they say shit like this, when they say, they, oh, no, they God. don't, they don't listen to themselves. Like it's hard enough for us to do it. They definitely don't do it. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be like the thing that I want to figure out before I die. I don't know I'm talking a lot about mortality, but, <laughs> but like I need to know if these people are liars and power hungry and saying whatever they think they need to say to, you know, lull the masses or if they're genuine religious buffoons. Yeah, because and it gotta be know what the overlap is. Some of these people, yeah, I heard someone saying like Josh Hawley, the senator, was saying like, "Nope, I'm going to protest the electoral thing." But someone said that's we like some Republican anonymous told a reporter, "It's weird coming from Hawley because I thought he was smarter than that and not a buffoon like Louis Gohmert or something." It's like you all were dumb enough to think Josh Hawley was smart. Like, who, what is wrong with you? I mean, don't we kind of sift them into two different piles? Like, the dangerous idiots and the dangerous guys who kind of know what they're doing and can pull the strings? Like, Trump is a dangerous idiot. He, he's been fucking president for four years, and he does mm-hmm. not know how government works. Like, Mitt Romney will vote 90% or whatever of the time with whatever Trump wants, and then every now and then he'll say something sensible, like, oh, we lost the election, we're not going to overturn it. You know yeah. what? Overturning the election is undemocratic and everyone's like thank you Mitt Romney what a brave thing to say that every other democrat said also but yeah he gets credit for that and like but Josh Hawley is making no secret of the fact that he's just as bad as everybody else anyway um hey let me give a shout out to our new sponsor uh and they'll be around for a little while here's the backstory of this I'm I'm fortunate enough to know uh the person I'm talking about here L had a small problem. Growing up in a secular household, but in a community dominated by one religion, L was one of the few kids in her third grade class who was not religious. When she talked to friends and classmates, she found that many of them had a hard time imagining someone who didn't go to church or pray. Some others wondered how Elle could know right from wrong without religious leaders or sacred books telling her how to do it. The conversations Elle found herself having at that age were not judgmental or contentious, but the result of honest curiosity. After school, Elle would ask her dad to help her explain what she believed and how she felt in a way that would make sense to the other kids at school. And from their conversations came ideas that became a book that's called Elle the Humanist. Uh, warm it's a clearly expressed introduction to humanism for young readers i have read the book i know the family it's just it's a nice introduction to humanism written by someone of that age but in a way that actually is easy to read and follow if you're that age you can order the book at ldhumanist.com that's e-l-l-e ldhumanist.com and if you either use the link that is in our show notes to go there 
or you purchase the book on that website and use the discount code Friendly Atheist, one word, all lowercase, you will get 10% off. Check it out. It's a nice book. They're, they're good people. It sounds like a nice gift. Yes, it really is. Let me talk about this lawsuit that just ended in Pennsylvania, because this is like eight years running, and it just ended this week. And here's, I'm going to try to shorten eight years of a lawsuit into a very brief time period here, but here's basically what happened. In Pennsylvania, there is a local transit system in the county of Lackawanna. So it's the county of Lackawanna transit system. Colts. Okay, so Colts, they have buses and things like that, and you can purchase ads on those buses. And in 2012, an atheist uh, named Justin Vacula and the Northeastern Pennsylvania Free Thought Society, which he was helping to run, I believe, um, they wanted to put up an ad. 2012 was a time when you saw those atheist billboards everywhere. So he's like, well, we want to put up an advertisement on the local bus system, too, because that is perfect for our group. Mm -hmm. But they also knew that a lot of uh, ads that were going up around that time, they got in not a controversy he was looking for because they would get the, the company would just say, Nope, too offensive. You can't have that up there. So he was thinking, what's the least offensive ad I could put up that advertises my group. So what they came up with was a bus ad that says atheists period. And then off to the side, there were two links, one for the Northeastern Pennsylvania Free Thought Society, nipafreethought.org, and American Atheist, atheist.org. So atheists, big letters, and then in smaller print, the two names of the groups and their URLs. Okay, Colts, I remember this. Yeah, Colts rejected that ad. They said it was too controversial. So controversial. And they tried to appeal the decision. They tried to talk, but the, the, the Colts wouldn't budge. So then they submitted a new ad. It said atheist. This time it did not have American atheists and their URL. It just had the local group's name and URL. That was rejected. And then it got even weirder because Colts, the people running it, passed a new policy and this is what it said. We will not accept ads that promote the existence or non-existence of a supreme being or deity or other religious beliefs. We want to be neutral on religious issues. Wait, when did this happen? This was like 2012-ish. Okay, because I totally remember this, but... Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they changed this new thing that you cannot promote or oppose God on their ads, which is weird because they were allowing like political ads, kind of. Um, of course. So they submitted a new ad. The atheist submitted a brand new one. This one just said, forget atheists, NEPA Free Thought Society. Northeastern okay. Pennsylvania Free Thought no Society. With the link. With the link at the bottom. No scary A word. And Colt said, fine, we'll take that one. Which basically means the ads saying atheists were bad. But Free Thought was okay mm. mind you the ad that said atheist did not said did not say be an atheist or god doesn't <laughs> exist it was the oh, word atheist. yeah it said atheists that was bad this one that says free thought is fine so what the hell is going on i don't know but eventually they filed a lawsuit the atheist okay. and they said you the Colts people are running ads. Think about this. This is what they have said yes to while they were saying no to us. A local Catholic church, a local Lutheran church, Mm. a Christian women's group, Mm. a school board candidate, meaning political ads, a local beer distributor, which (laughs) arguably is a 
maybe controversial, and also an online blog that linked to anti-Semitic websites and Holocaust denial websites, like so controversial stuff. Whoa! Whoa. So basically, Just you're that one under the water, I know. bud. So basically, the lawsuit said you're saying no to us because we're controversial or because it's about religion, but you are totally accepting controversial ads and ones about religion. So what the hell gives? So this is what the lawsuit was about. And again, what basically happened is that um, a judge at first in 2018 said, you know what? They had every right to reject your ad. Atheists lose. Yeah. And they said they're allowed to restrict their ads on stuff as long as it's neutral and reasonable, even though it wasn't Mm -hmm. because they had examples. They appealed the decision. The appeals court overturned it. They oh, said, okay. no, you can't say no to the atheist ad. It was a two to one ruling. And the weirdest thing about that is the majority opinion, the one of the two judges who voted to overrule that decision is a guy named Thomas Hardiman, who was always on Trump's shortlist for the Supreme Court. Hey, like, had, a, had a guy died and not Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Thomas Hardiman could be on the Supreme Court right now. Huh. Um, so this is a very Trumpist judge who said, yeah, they were discriminating based on viewpoint. Um, and here's the thing. They, they had a choice. The Colts people had a choice. Do we want to fight this even higher? We're probably going to lose. Right. They decided, nope, we're not going to push it. We'll take the loss and just end it. And that means they now got to pay up. And what we found out this week is a judge said, all right, well, Colts has to pay $275,000 to the atheist group's attorneys, which is the ACLU of Pennsylvania and whoever they outsourced it to. Uh Um, That's what happened this week. I asked Justin what he thought about all this. He was pretty straightforward about it, that someone is an atheist or wants to advertise an atheist group should not be controversial. The word atheist is not an attack on religion. Yeah. Solicitor claims. So, I mean, it's the right decision. And even though the money, I will say the ACLU of Pennsylvania actually said, you owe us a lot more than this for the eight years we put into this case. Sure. Their bill was much higher. It was lowered to 275 grand. But that is ultimately uh, the compromise number. But it means this case is finally done. So amazing that the word atheist is the thing that was like, what? No, this is going to ruffle feathers everywhere. Well, the thing that fucking sucks is that I'm totally pro transit. So it sucks. It's <laughs> the exact same thing that happens in schools all the time. Yeah. Like, like you're getting money out of the school system or the transit system. I will say, I believe as far as I could tell the $275,000 is not, I'm, I was trying to get a straight answer on this. I could not find it at the time. I think they're insurers or like, it's not the taxpayers that are on the hook necessarily. Oh, that's good. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe. I could be wrong there, but usually when a school district is sued over something involving church-state separation, it's their insurance companies that pay out the money. It's not like kids can't get books because of those issues. With the Colts thing, I, I can't tell if it's the Colts system or like a general fund that has to pay this out. Um, but whatever. If they didn't want to lose that money, this is their damn fault. And the people of Pennsylvania should remember that if they uh, get to vote on who's representing them or who's running these things, because that all goes back to good governance. And if they have dumb people running the show saying, nope, can't say yes to that ad, like. But presumably, if yes, if like a school or whatever, if the insurance covers it, 
then their premiums are going to be higher, right? Like, yes. it's not it, like there's it no affect. hurt to the people. Which again, you need a school board if that's not going to make stupid decisions, and, and a school board that has an attorney that's not going to tell them to take stupid decisions. Exactly. And I just, I hate being this person. I hate being on this side of like, just stop arguing with us or we're going to cost you a ton of money. But yeah. ultimately, I will say like, every atheist group, when they reach out to those school boards, because they're on the same side as you are, we don't want to take money from you. This is not about us trying to bankrupt you. This is not about us trying to get rich off of this. Right. They say very clearly, the law is on our side. Here's why we know that you, what you are doing is against the law. We're telling you why that is. We don't want to file a lawsuit over this. So we are asking you nicely, stop it. Tell <laughs> us you are going to stop. And sometimes, more, more often than not, the school boards respond and say, we've looked into this. We're investigating it. We have stopped it. Um, so we have done the thing you wanted us to do. And that's right. the end of it. But if they choose not to, because for whatever reason, they don't believe what the letter says, like, all right, well, you're giving us no choice here because we're fighting on principle here. And apparently you don't care about the kids. You care more about pushing faith on people. So you know what? If that's what it takes for you to learn the lesson, we tried giving you the nice way out. It's not like they file a lawsuit first and then have these discussions. Sure. They send warnings ahead of time. Uh, in the case of Justin and the Colts issue, they said, you are making a mistake here. Don't make a mistake. Our mm -hmm. board is fine. Like we have lawyers too. We know how this works. Right. And the cult system said, nope, saying no to you. So um, I want to talk about something a little more lighthearted. I actually have a good news story here. It's uh, weird. I know it is weird. Happy 2021. I know. Uh, in Idaho, where they have very relatively few uh, COVID restrictions and it's not good. Mm -hmm. There is a local chapter of the Satanic Temple that is hosting a charity drive that a few different affiliates have done before. It's called Menstruating with Satan. And they're collecting donations of personal hygiene products for people who can't afford it. Oh, that's nice. It's awesome. Uh, you can like go to their Amazon uh, list and you can purchase whatever you can for them and they'll donate it to a group called the Boise Period Project that uh, helps people who need the item. So great. That's awesome. Cool. So because it's pandemic season, yes, you can purchase stuff on Amazon. It'll get sent. To, I mean, there'll be another one soon, I'm sure. But uh, you can, you can purchase these stuff from a distance and that's great. They also say for certain products, Hey, if you want to drop it off at a local drop box, you can just do that. And okay. that, we're trying to make it easy for you to help out if you want to help out. Sure. So the people running the charity went to a local pub called Crown and Thistle that is open. And they have people coming in because, again, Idaho. Mm -hmm. um, in COVID. But the Crown and Thistle people said, yeah, sure. Leave a box here. That sounds like a good cause. We'll help out. Mm -hmm. Like all, all you need from us is do you want to put the box here so people can donate? Yeah, fine. Uh -huh. So there was a local uh, Facebook group for local foodies, the people who like different restaurants and want to talk about the restaurants mm -hmm. in the area and all that. That's fine. But one of the people uh, who posted on that website said, this is in the restaurant Crown and Thistle. It's a picture of the box. Are you kidding me? I guess we knew they were staunch demon rats. I guess it just goes to show you never know. They can keep their evil, wicked ways. 
will never spend a cent there. Shocked by this evil that is destroying this town, was instantly blocked, saying, I think it's liberal asshats that own it, allow it. So I know where North Idaho Foodies Group's priorities lay also now. Bye-bye, middle finger emoji. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I will so say. Me to deal with right now. I had so much fun reading that. There were more comments, I should say. There was another one who said, that's like putting, that's like the KKK putting a Toys for Tots box in a restaurant, which, you know what? They're not doing that. I'm guessing KKK isn't big on charity. Yeah. Um. Someone else said this pub would never receive any of my family's business. Mm. And so this is what's pub, going on. A traditional here. family establishment. I know. The, this is where Christians go to chill out. The pub. Uh-huh. And, and now here's the good news. Uh, this is why it's a good news story. The co-owner of the pub, when the local news affiliate asked the pub about this, the backlash. Here's what the pub's owner, Ben Drake, said. As we have told many people since before we even opened, the pub is a safe, neutral place for beer, food, and the betterment of our community. A local group asked if we would be willing to put a bin out for the collection of necessary feminine products for women in need in shelters. Um, and period abuse- products, not feminine period products. products. Continue. That's <laughs> his words, not mine. Yeah, in shelters and abusive situations for such a worthy cause. Of course, we said yes. Mm-hmm. We would do the same for any worthy cause presented by our area. So they kept the box and they're like, we don't care what the Christians complain about here, which by the way, it's not a, they're not a group that worships Satan. I feel like that's obvious to listeners, but like, they're freaking out over nothing because they couldn't be bothered to look up anything here. (laughs) I mean, it's not great that the happiest story you've told me is that somebody did not steal period products from women, from people in need. Like, yeah, that's not the Best? I I was yeah. happy that the pub owner who doesn't know about the satanic group was like, "What's wrong with it? It's mm-hmm. fine. They're yeah. doing a good thing. If you did a good thing, I would help you." Right? Like, yes, good. You That's good the right answer. Hurts. I don't need you to like uh, promote the satanic group. I need you to just be like, "It's a nice thing they're doing. Let me help them." Um, I have one last story for you here, which uh, is a much more serious story, but it happened this week, Arizona had a law permitting victims of child sexual abuse to file lawsuits against their abusers. A lot of states did this recently where they said in the past, if you wanted to file a lawsuit against your abuser, you had to do it within a certain amount of time. But a lot of states recently said, we're going to open up the statute. We're going to get rid of the statute of limitations temporarily and Mm -hmm. open up a window if you want to file a lawsuit, because a lot of stuff has changed in the past 30 years regarding these issues. Yeah. A lot more people are willing to speak up and fight back and all that. Arizona is one the of those. The thing is a little troubling, but continue. Yeah, they kind of want to make it so like we don't want to shut out anyone who has a legit claim, but also there's a statute of limitations for a reason. <laughs> we don't so, want all kids to be able to talk about their abuse, just the right. ones who have been abused recently, Amit. Yeah, I mean, if they want to get rid of the statute of limitations, that's fine. But they basically said, we have a window that even if your case was 30 years ago mm-hmm. and you weren't able to file a lawsuit, you can do it if you do it within this year. And then we're going to like go back to the rules or whatever. Arizona's law, that window of opportunity closed on December 31st. Okay. So like it was uh get your lawsuits in if you want to because the clock is expiring. And what happened is that former Boy Scouts, seven of them, filed seven seven separate lawsuits 
against the Mormon church oh, dang. because the Mormon church was strongly linked up with the Boy Scouts of America. It was like their biggest single group. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if you were part of the Boy Scouts, you probably were part of Mormon Boy Scouts, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the seven lawsuits, the Boy Scouts say our religious leaders covered up sex crimes despite being fully aware of what was happening. They said public records show members of church-sponsored Boy Scouts troops who were abused would tell church bishops about what they had happened. The lawsuits say the bishops would tell the victims to keep quiet so the church could investigate the matter. And then they never did or never did anything about it. Meanwhile, the troop leaders and the people accused would be allowed to continue in their roles or assigned to another troop. And so seven different victims are asking for a jury to look into this. They said the crimes happened between 1972 and 2009. Mm -hmm. And the Mormon church, of course, says, nope, none of this happened. But these lawsuits have been filed. I should say in 2018, the Mormon church said, we want nothing to do with the Boy Scouts of America because they're now allowing gay scouts in and gay scout leaders. So we want out. And when the Mormon church left, and took 400,000 troops with them, mm-hmm. or members, I should say, with them, that basically sank the Boy Scouts who have since filed for bankruptcy. Um, so, like, the Mormon Church was integral to the Boy Scouts' success and their continued existence, but the Boy Scouts being more inclusive made the Mormon Church say, we want nothing to do with you. Right. And now you have former Boy Scouts saying, oh, well, the Mormon Church wasn't the good, like, they weren't the good ones in that organization. you believe it? Yeah, so uh, that lawsuit, those lawsuits are filed. We'll see what happens with them, but there you go. So, well, cool. Oh, that story never seems to end. Um, so last night... And New Year's, I, uh, Mikey and I watched, what was it called? I texted it to you. It's something about 2020. Goodbye, 2020. Oh, goodbye to 2021 or yeah, something. 2020. 2020. Yeah, the yeah, Netflix thing. Death to 2020. I knew it was yes, yes. Um, And I was like, oh, weird, because we just did our year in review. Because they basically did the same thing, but like with a budget and actors and writers and a voiceover artist and uh-huh. things like that. Um, and time and, you know, payment. <laughs> but anyway, and yeah. so it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, these are all things I talk about. I realized I didn't talk about Rudy Giuliani at all in our year in review podcast. Uh-huh. And that was an egregious oversight on my part. So I'd like to apologize to our listeners. It's oh, just, you know, we also left out vision about, th- about, I know we also left out James Randy, who we had talked about on the show like weeks prior, mm-hmm. but in terms of the retrospective, but there's so much happening. That's well, and how I do it is I it's not like I go back and re-listen to our episodes. I just like go through like headlines of the month mm-hmm. in this month or whatever because I'm not gonna, you know, I dedicate a f- probably five hours to this, like not gonna do of <laughs> research. And I realized I didn't talk about Rudy Giuliani at all. I t- realized I didn't talk about James Randi at all. I d- like it was it was wanting for sure, but um but but you should, if you want to see what we did, but better and funnier and, and more interesting, you should watch Death to 2020. <laughs> they do there a great job of having like faux talking heads. So they have like Hugh Grant as an old co- old college professor who like, so like fictional people talking about real shit. Um, it, it's quite funny. I, I would, I would recommend it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Very good. Well, I hope everyone had a good new year and thank you as always for listening to us. Yep. I have a, you can leave a five-star review on iTunes, which I have queued up. Hammett, you don't even look at you. Um, you. it's called coffee and you, which sounds like a really cool, like 
1998 acoustic album. Coffee and you. Um, it's by Dice Thirty Five. Saturday mornings when I when I wake and I enjoy my coffee with the latest friendly. Uh, Saturday mornings are when I wake and I enjoy my coffee with the latest friendly atheist. Thank you all for your intellectual content. Hammett, they think we're intellectual. So nice. You can always go on iTunes. Um, We're nearing a thousand uh, reviews, which is pretty exciting. By nearing, I mean we just passed 900. I don't know if that's how math works. Um, Do you have any resolutions this year, bud? No. (laughs) I'm fine. People tune in for the banter, you dumb motherfucker. What do you think we're doing here? I'm surviving. I'll try to keep doing that. What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, since I have no work currently and I'm crossing my fingers on unemployment coming through, who the fuck knows what's going to happen there? I'm fine for a couple months, but who the fuck knows? Um, I am going to rededicate myself to uh, working on my novel, which is like it's outlined and I probably have two chapters like written, Um, but I am going to, you know, national novel writing month, but in January, because I I started it in November and didn't what you traditionally would call finish it. (laughs) (laughs) I got a foothold. I have some shit going on. Um, so, so yeah, that's my, my only resolution, which is, which means you can all hold her to it. That's exa- actually, that's honestly why I'm bringing it up. Cause like, if people know about it, maybe I will get pure. Cause I already told Mikey, like, can you, cause he bought me this, um, ironically Christmas, Christmas in 2019, he bought me a, um, a writing program, a Scrivener, I think it's called. Oh yeah. Scrivener is awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so he bought it for me as a present to be like, here you go. And he bought me like a deck of cards that gives you like ideas if you're running. Yeah. Like he gave me all of this support. And then I didn't write a lot for a while. And then I did again. And I was like, you can like give me shit about not doing that might motivate me. He's like, I don't want to though, Jess. I want you to write when you want to. So I need you nerds to keep me on it. <laughs> yes. Anyway. I like it. Okay. Hey, where do we find you? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. You can also go to um, Bitches Get Stitched Done um, at Etsy. Not at Etsy, but on Etsy. Uh, My store is Bitches Get Stitched Done if you want custom work. I still don't have any, like, listings up. I'm really only doing custom orders right now for a little extra income. So uh, if you want one of those, just shoot me a message. There should be a button somewhere. I think it's hard to find. So just shoot me a message. Let me know what you want. I've got a canned response I'll send you with some details. Um, But, yeah, I'd be happy to, uh, to start making some shit for some people. Excellent. My, my shit starts at $50. I feel like I want to say that because I feel like people reach out and I'm like, it starts at 50 and I just never hear from them again. Like, ah. it's a very time consuming hobby. So they're very good. I'm just telling you, I've seen them. I feel like I have one. They're good. They're worth it. If you're into the cross stitching stuff. I have not cross stitched anything for I would say you're probably my only friend who does not have like at least four okay. I, in their house. Uh, my kids would have ripped it up by now and <laughs> torn, but I have seen them and they're very good. Thank you. Yep. Um Hemet, where can we find you? Uh I am at Hemet Meta. Go to friendlyatheist.com, support the show, friendly uh patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye, Bye. everybody.